Ready for some word? If you have uh, your Bible, go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We'll read there in a few moments. And uh, I have noticed that it is possible to take any of the Christian or biblical activities and turn them into uh, lifeless rituals. People do that with prayer. Many people are very religious with their, their, their prayer life, but it's lifeless. People do that with church. They make it a habit, which by itself is a good thing, but it to them has become too ritualistic and less connecting with a life-giving God. All right? And so we must watch that we do not turn the holy things of God that are intended to bring life and power into our personal relationship with Him and just turn them into, again, lifeless rituals. We, we are warned in the Scripture over in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 about the perils of the last days. One of those would be, so that's our time now, one of those is stated that there would be a form, we would have a form of godliness, but deny the power of God, all right? A form of godliness, but deny the power, right? We're supposed to turn away from that. So if that's said to be one of the characteristics of our day, we ought to be on guard for it. Instead of just arrogantly saying, that could never happen to me, we should humbly say, Lord, keep me from that. Help me to keep this thing full of life. See, see, the Lord's not just endeavoring to get us to follow all of his, you know, rituals for his own, for his entertainment. It's all about producing a result. It's all about change. It's about experiencing life. And, uh, and so we should uh, keep that in mind so we can partake of the power of God. Now, two ordinances that the Lord gave the church are... Uh, both communion and water baptism, all right? Communion and water baptism. Both of these have been minimized in their impact by some people. There are some who just get wet, but don't experience a, a, a real freeing soul change when they go through the water, okay? That we do everything that we know to do in our church to avoid that happening. We don't want people, first, we don't baptize unsaved people, because that happens in the world. Secondly, we don't baptize them without giving them it's something to believe when they're being baptized, all right? And, and both of these, of course, of course, point back to the Lord, what He did for us, and baptism, of course, our uh, identification with His resurrection, death, and then life, uh, but Neither of these should be practiced without producing a dramatic change, all right? I do not want us to do these things just going through the motions or just going through the obligation, I must do this. Uh, I intend to help you today to experience God while we receive the communion elements, to have a personal deep and intimate experience with God. Anybody up for that? Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I am. 
sign me up any day of the week to have an encounter with him. Uh, Think about it for a moment, what we refer to as communion and the very word communion, okay? It, It is one of the terms associated with receiving the cup and the bread. And it is biblical, 1 Corinthians 10, 16, Paul writes about it this way, the cup, of, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the body, of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So understand, it's not just partake, partaking of a physical substance that represents something. It is actually communing with Him. Now, now the word translated uh, communion, or not, not uh, yeah, yeah, the word translated communion from the Greek to the English, it means, it, it can be translated different ways. One of the terms is partnership, okay? One of the, the words is uh, participation. We are partnering with the Lord. We are participating with Him. Um, social intercourse is used, but it's not just I'm doing an activity. I'm coming into intimate fellowship with God Himself. I am communing with Him. And and how many know this is not a one-way street? I'm not doing this as we will shortly. I'm not doing it for Him. This is my service towards the Lord. It's actually for you and for me. But I am doing this with Him. He participates. He gets involved with our, our, our participation in this activity. Now, uh, the English word communion can be defined this way. The sharing or exchange of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. I like that. So when we do this, not going through the motions, not just checking the box. I am experiencing God by exchanging intimate thoughts and feelings. Uh, it's on a mental and a spiritual level. Okay, I like the word exchange because anytime you exchange something with God, you come out better. <laughs> when I'm exchanging thoughts with Him, my thoughts are getting upgraded. Right? Uh, when I, uh, he's good at changing, you know, our life for his life. He gave his life so we could have his life. He gave us his joy to replace our sorrow. Come on. He gives us hope for a better tomorrow. He replaces doubt and despair and fills us with, with, with faith and confidence. Amen. And, and, and so I, I do want to be in the exchange business. And when I'm participating with him through these elements, that is what happens. Now, uh, whenever someone comes into contact with God, uh, it's never God that changes, all right? It's always us. We're not doing these things to get God to do something for us. Just like, how many know fasting is not something you do to convince God to answer your prayer? We are never trying to convince Him to do something He doesn't want to do. If you have any good idea, He had it first. <laughs> All right. And what we're doing is coming into agreement. He doesn't change, but we most certainly do. If you recall the, the uh, story of, of Jacob, when he had that encounter where he wrestled with an angel, 
If you know that story from the Old Testament, the end of that was not that the angel changed, but that Jacob changed. Jacob came out with a brand new name. Remember, he was Jacob, and then from, from then on, he's known as Israel, right? And still today, to this very day, people are called, his descendants called the children of Israel. He went from a deceiver and a supplanter to a prince, yeah? And so what might the Lord do if you wrestle with him? What might the Lord do in you if you come into direct contact with his spirit today, I mean, I'm not talking theoretically, like, oh yeah, that wouldn't be great, someday, sometime. I'm talking about today, you leaving without the disease. Today, you leave without that depression. I'm talking about today, you leave here with a new intimacy with God himself that changes your year. This is the way it's supposed to be. So today, uh, we enter into this deep, participation with God, and we do it fellowshipping with Him around the the body and blood of Jesus. And this is no small thing with Him. If you want to be close to the Lord, if you want to, uh, think about it this way, if you want to be close to certain people, if you're a good people person, you've probably learned that you should try to discover, even in someone you don't know, what they like and talk about it. Find something of interest that they have, and now you've opened up conversation, right? If you want to be close with the Lord, you know what matters to Him? (laughs) Well, this is top shelf right here. The sacrifice of Jesus. And if you want to worship Him, bring that up. You want to pray, bring that up. You want to be close with with Him and have Him speak to you, bring up His favorite subject, the redemption of mankind. Yeah, so, so we're entering into something very personal, something deep. And, and, uh, and you, re- you ready for 1 Corinthians 11? There's a couple of things I want to draw your attention to. One of them has to do with remembering. You'll see that word in here. Uh, do, do we ever benefit from remembering things in life? Uh, I was thinking about how sometimes a marriage benefits from the, the two people remembering the anniversary date and, and forgetting it can be costly <laughs> or we we enhance relationships with other people family and friends when we remember their birthdays or other important days for them right or just remembering appointments how many know your life is better when you remember your appointments and uh, you forget it can cost you on different levels in the kingdom of God we are very much instructed about what we are to remember. And this is top. Okay? 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this. Everybody say, do this. In remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do, everybody say, This do. As often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So very specific, we are given 
an action, an activity to be involved with. That's the this do and the do this. Right? Do this, this do. Why? So that you will remember Him. Remembering with God is very, very important. Now, two points of remembrance that he draws here, you can see them clearly, is number one, the bread, which is representative of the Lord's body broken for us. Okay? And then number two, the cup or his blood, which is the new covenant. He told us very specifically, let me reverse it, don't forget about these. Make sure you remember these two things. When you think about the Lord, when you think about Jesus, don't just recall His teaching, don't just recall His miracles, don't just recall His prophecy or His person. Remember these two things. Okay. Now how many know there's a lot in the Bible that is worthy of remembering. There's a lot of subjects, a lot of promises, a lot of scriptures, a lot of directives that we should have, have in our hearts, that we should hold dear to us and not forget. But not all of them did God associate an ordinance with. Okay? Everybody with me? In other words, uh, if I find myself remembering all kinds of Bible doctrines and promises and good scriptures... But I forget about his body broken and his blood shed, then I have really missed something important. I have gotten my eye off the ball. Everybody with me? Whatever you know, whatever you study, whatever you focus on, never let this one pop down to spot number two or three, let alone 20 or 30. Even if God has, you know, given someone a, a specific theme or, or word or message for their life or ministry, they should always be brought back to this. Again, the Lord didn't give us some kind of physical activity to talk to us about authority or end times or the fruit of the Spirit. But He did concerning the body and blood of the Lord. So this tells me this is something I must take extra effort to remember. Amen? And we're told to do this as often as we want to do it. Think about it this way. People say, how often ought we as believers to receive communion? And the answer is as much as you want. You could do it once a year. You could do it once a month. You could do it once a week. You could do it once a day or some other formula. In other words, the scriptures don't make it a law, it makes it a tool. Use this tool as much as you need. How much do I need it? Depends how mindful you are of the body and blood of the Lord. Let me say it this way. If you are mindful of the thing that those two elements of Jesus' death came to erase, then you should take communion more. If you struggle with sickness and disease perpetually, you can't get your healing, you might want to do this. More is what I'm saying. In other words, Scripture doesn't say how much we are to do it as a body. Our church, we do this several times a year, mostly in believers' meetings. 
because it's for believers. But how much should you, should you receive this? It depends how much you need to or want to from that, from that standpoint. You could do it three times a day if you want. Never let it become ritualistic. Let it be, don't let it just become rote. I'm going through the motions. It must be experiential. It must be real. And then it contains power to produce a changed life. All right. Now, uh, if someone wants to be successful in life, really any endeavor, one of the main things they have to learn to do is to control their, their thoughts. We must control our minds in this world or we're, we are going to struggle in so many ways. Um, this, because he told us to remember, that's a mind activity, we can see that that if, I, if we can control our thoughts and put our minds on him and what he did, it is key to our success and certainly key to our connection with God. If you can't pray for more than two minutes because your mind goes, how many know that's shallow relationship? If we can't participate in a worship service or the teaching of God's Word without our mind just constantly all over the place, we can't focus, that's prohibitive of God's highest and best being shown to us. So we want to take the tools that He gave us, communion being one of them, and use it to fix our minds. To fix, so you mean fix, like repair? I mean, yeah, repair, but also to fix it to set it in concrete, to fix it on the things that are most important in life. Now, when someone remembers, this can and ought to be a very intentional act, okay? To remember means to call to mind. This is not the random thought, hey, I just remembered. It just popped in my mind. That happens with all of us, okay? This is intentional, I am using a God-given ordinance, an activity, so that I am intentionally directing certain thoughts to exist in my mentality. I'm making it happen, not just by saying it, not just by reading it. I'm actually getting physically involved in this. And I'm calling to mind. What does he want us to call to mind? Again, the body, the blood. This bread, this cup. These two things, being mindful of them, will draw us near to Him and will give us victory in this life. It's the main event. It's the turning point of all human history. It's Jesus' death and subsequent resurrection that brings us life. We must work to keep our minds on that event continually. Again, I emphasize, if that weren't so, why did he give us this Last Supper? Why did he give us the communion experience? Because it's so vital. Now, if I'm in remembrance of him, I won't be in remembrance of sin. And one of the challenges that people face, sometimes through wrong teaching, sometimes through wrong application, is we become mindful of sin, our own, our past, our failures, our shortcomings, and we're just, we feel bad. We feel rotten. 
We are aware of our, our shortcomings. This is one of the things that heals that, that fixes it. So I'm, if I'm mindful of Jesus' blood shed for me, I can't simultaneously be mindful of being sinful. Everybody with me? Okay, you're all real quiet on me now today. Uh, Hebrews 8.12 reads, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. You like that verse? Come on, I like that verse. That'd be worthy of a daily read. Yeah? Yeah? Now think about it. If God does not remember our sins and lawless deeds, why should we? If He doesn't remember them, what would that conversation look like between you and Him when you bring up all the wrong things you've done? Might see a strange look on His face. What are you talking about? And it's absolutely wrong for us to live with that in our minds because we're instructed to live with Him. That's the remembering. I should have Him on, our, on my mind. Him who? Him the one whose body was broken. Him the one whose blood was shed. Specifically, His body broken and His blood shed is what should occupy my mind in this relationship with Him. Okay? And so, uh, again, too often people call to mind their past failures instead of calling to mind the shed blood uh, of Jesus. So, Again, you think about how does God do this? How does he not remember our sins seeing that he's all-knowing? How do you know everything but not know that? <laughs> how do you not know about people's sin if you have a book that records some people's sin? When we get to heaven... Are we still going to have this? Like, I'm not answering that question. <laughs> Do you imagine a conversation between us saying, you guys remember that book we used to read? What was it called? I, I, I think it was good. I just don't remember it. Because it has people's sins recorded in there. That's a little challenging, huh? <laughs> Here's the difference. God not remembering and God forgetting are not the same thing. God does, he's, he's all knowing. He doesn't forget stuff. Where did I put my keys? You know, where did, he doesn't forget in that way. He's knowledgeable of all things. Okay. Will we, if we're read, if we're talking to King David, we're like, you know, are we going to be like, hey, there's King David. I probably shouldn't bring up that Bathsheba thing. Uh, but yet it's there in the book. And, right. See, God doesn't forget. What he doesn't do is call to mind. He knows everything. But this is our guarantee because of the blood of Jesus. He is never going to call these things back into his mind. And the idea is for recompense to get you. To make you pay. In that regard, it never, he will never call that to mind. Think about how we treat each other. 
If you have healthy relationships with anyone long term, somewhere along the line, they did you wrong. How many of us have, with spouses, with friends, with co-workers, have decided to forgive people? And what we mean by that is we're never going to bring it up again. We're never going to hold it against them. If, if we had to, could we call it back? Yeah, we have the mental capacity to do that. But we're just choosing not to. We're choosing not to view that person in light of their past failure. Yeah, And God does not remember our sins. Does that make sense? Okay. And, and so uh, this is basically what we're called to do. And the same thing is true with the body. So we recall his blood shed. We recall his body broken. In other words, a very real life experience is what we de- do with pain and affliction, physical suffering and bondage. And so we make a choice up here. I am going to be mindful of the condition, the pain, the sickness, or I'm not going to meditate on that, but I call to remembrance that Jesus died for me for that very issue. That Jesus had a headache on the cross. That Jesus had a bad knee on the cross. Come on, that that, that Jesus had cancer on the cross. That, That Jesus... Come on, had respiratory issues on the cross. Say, did he have all those things? Well, from the spiritual standpoint, he absolutely bore the source, cause, and root of every evil condition of every sickness and disease. That's why we do this. He says, I want you to remember this. Never forget. Eat that bread. And remember, Jesus was beaten to a pulp. He was striped for your healing. His body was broken for your present tense physical healing. And someday, a resurrected body. Yeah. This is what I need to call to mind. What am I tempted to remember? My failure, my suffering, my pain, those type of things. But we've been given a tool. Thank God we've been given a tool. An extra help to aid us in living out this victory and connecting with Him through this great sacrifice. Praise God. God told Israel, you know, on different occasions, certain things not to forget. Um, Deuteronomy 4, 9, only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Be diligent about this and don't forget. Is there anything we need to avoid forgetting? Man, probably a bunch. And this is top shelf. You might recall the, 20, uh, the Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless His holy name. Verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. That's the word of the Lord. That's the word of the Lord. He's not just saying, now don't you forget all your bad things you've done. No, no. In fact, The Lord Jesus in himself came so that we could put those thoughts away from us like he has. But there are certain things we're not supposed to forget. This is Old Covenant. Don't forget about the perks. You keep reading that chapter, it's talking about forgiveness and healing. Don't forget about the perks. Don't forget about the benefits. Make sure you keep them in mind. Whenever you're in a relationship with me, know what I've done for you. Know what I've given you. Know what I've made available to you. Do not forget. So does my forgetting have anything to do with my experience? 100%. 
One of the reasons he tells us not to forget, because we do not get to participate in the fullness of the blessing without it being conscious, having consciousness of it, without us being mindful of what he has given. Amen. Everybody good today? Come on. We're we're ready to experience God. Let me give you one more verse. You up for one more? Psalm 107 and verse 2 reads this way. Let the redeemed of the Lord be quiet. Be still. No? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. One of our callings is to speak up. One of our callings is to say what the Lord says about us. To get his word in our hearts and in our mouths to let these things be made known. This is how they're experienced. The New Living Translation reads, Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. We know testifying of the Lord's goodness towards us helps other people, but it also helps ourselves. When we say we are the redeemed, his redeeming power begins to make manifest the very things for which Jesus died. This is our right. This is our privilege. This is our ability to announce our redemption. He has bought us back. And we're redeemed from sin and sickness and poverty and death. And all of the curse is what Jesus bore for us. And it was so important that he did it and that it be experienced by us that he said, as often as you do this, drink from this cup and eat of this bread, do it remembering me. Amen? Amen. What's going to happen today when we participate? Let me say this better. What's going to happen today when you participate with the communion elements? What's going to happen in you? It's, hmm? Maybe I shouldn't answer for you. You should answer for yourself. What's going to happen to you today? What's going to happen in that connection with God as you call to mind the main event? the biggest thing, the greatest reason why we come together. Well, what's going to happen in you? Experience healing? Experience removal of depression and doubt and condemnation and fear? Experience a new beginning of a year? Come on. Experience the redemption of the Lord. You've been bought by a price. You'll glorify Him with your body and your spirit, which are His. It's the mindfulness of His redemptive work that brings freedom into our lives. Amen.